Hey guys, this is Kurt Cousins. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. God bless. Going Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill is for real. Seth Brodziak ahead. Two on one with Niederreiter. He scores! Nito Niederreiter wins it for the Wild. Cut off by Mata. Throws it off front. Dumba scores! Brian Walston for the wild. Penalty shot to tie the game. He blasts it Oh, my, what a shot. Fiala, Caprizov scores! The thrill breaks the seal, and Minnesota wins in overtime. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we talk about the wild and we give our takes. I am Dev and with me as always is my disappointingly attractive co-host Zooch. And after yet another wild season that has come to an unfortunate end last week after they got beat in six games against the Blues, we are heading to the offseason. It's a bummer and for a team that felt like it could have made a really true serious run, it just stinks to have it go out like this and, you know, have that same old wild, same old Minnesota sports stink to it. But uh, yeah, before we get into that, let's launch into some of the things that went right in this week with uh, with our st- stick taps and cup clinks of the week. And and also let's check in on you, Zooch. How you doing, man? I know this uh, last last week and a half has been been tough. That's yeah, rough. I, uh, I was telling you before, it's it just it it stings. But I'm not going to let it ruin my entire weeks. The only time it really stings, though, is when I look and see there's other games going on. It's like, ah, man, I wish I could watch the Wild tonight, but they're gone. And that's, uh, I mean, yeah. we talked about it going into the series. A good team was getting eliminated in the series, no matter what. So mm-hmm. it happened to be the Wild. It sucks. But that's life. We'll move on. We'll get them next year. And there's nothing we as fans can do about it. There's not a damn thing. We yeah, can- that's that's that is kind of the bummer is that like, you know, as fans, we get so invested in the team and we, we mm-hmm. ride the ups and downs. And like, it's always tough because like, you know, I've said it a 100 times on the podcast. My wife is not a sports person at all. And so when the wild lose, you know, in game like one, for example, she just doesn't understand why I'm so irritated for the rest yeah. of the night. And, you know, when the wild lose game six and then i spend most of the next day just like annoyed like it she's just like it's just a game you're not even involved you have no sway over it and she's right (laughs) i understand that logically i do but i'm also a big dumb meatball and uh, (laughs) i love this team and i love watching sports and hockey and everything so you know is it probably like I do want to kind of, you know, there's a line of course for, for fandom, like the, the people that were just being giant assholes online to players, coaches, the wild social media team, like all of that garbage, like that's taking it a step too far. Like if you're, I'm not going to ever police anybody on how to be a fan, especially not for this team, because God knows they've heard us so many times before. But if you're at a certain point, like it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be mad. It's not okay to 
actively try and bring somebody else down with you. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Yeah. <laughs> get that into my, uh, my cup clink. But. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Let's yeah. get into it. So Such, what's your, uh, what, are, what is your cup clink this week? My cup clink is rational fans. <laughs> I, I really appreciate the, the people who are in my, my mentions saying this is the attitude we need to have. Like, Hey, believe in your teams. Don't have this. Like, again, I'm not policing people. I'm just speaking my mind here. I don't understand the fans that like are just negative all the time. Nothing, nothing is good enough for them. I mean, this team had an awesome season. They ran into a very good blues team. The whole league knows that everybody was saying it. A good team was getting sent home in the first round. Right. And it, sucks. it happened to be us, but these people who are writing the team off after game five, I, I, I'll never understand why you guys are fans. I mean, if you're just going to give up after a loss, it, with a team that's shown all year, time and time again, they've come out and they've played well after losses. They've come back in games. Did it happen in game six? No. But the fact that you're just writing them off and like, ah, I'm not going to watch this game. This team sucks. They're not going to seven. You know how many people are in my mentions saying this team sucks? Yeah, it's like, come on. There's you're an three. idiot, man. You're an idiot. I'm sorry. Like To they, everybody they... saying this team sucks, I'm sorry. You're just not very smart. <laughs> I mean, this, it, <laughs> yeah, this the, isn't a bad team. hockey team, and no. it's not going to be a bad hockey team next year. You got to have some faith in what Billy's doing. It's year two of us being a true team that is that is good. I mean, you, hell, even before the season, I mean, like yeah, you were right. saying that they were a fringe playoff team. Yeah, right. right. Obviously, like it, it's kind of a double edged sword because you know, with a great season comes heightened expectations. Exactly. You know, and the wild finish with I think a top five record it was, in the yeah, in the NHL. Was. I think top, fifth. Yeah, five, six, somewhere in there. So like obviously then it stinks when it's like, yeah, you have the fifth best record and you're out in six games. Like that's a bummer. Right. But at the same time, you know, going into the season, if we were to tell you that the Wild would, you know, go toe-to-toe with the third or fourth best team in the conference and, you know, lose, lose in six, you would just be kind of like, okay. I'm playing their worst hockey of the season in yeah. four through six. Maybe that stretch in, I believe it was after the Winter Classic. That was a rough stretch too. Oh, that no, 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 no. The stretch after the All Star break was terrible. Yes, yes, after yes, the yes, Winter Classic was. was when they caught. No, that's fire. when they got hot. Yes, you're right. Um, but yeah, man, I just I don't understand it. If you don't like them, don't cheer for them. But we all know you're tuning in to watch anyway. Right. Have a little like an ounce of faith. I get it. It's been bad. Or you, even even if you don't have faith, because like honestly, I kind of get that. Minnesota yeah. sports have no, burned it's us been all. miserable. It's been the, miserable. Yes. I kind of get that. But even if you're not going to have faith, just like the understanding that I don't know. The there's a there's a line between being like blind faith, optimism, like yeah, we got yes. this, uh which I'm super guilty of. And with old wild teams. That that you can you can say that all day long. The old wild teams if you're sitting there pounding the drum like oh this team's got it. Like no. And, and maybe maybe the 2014 team that went toe to toe with the Stanley Cup champs, you know, with the Blackhawks losing in six, yeah, right. that, you could have faith in that team. But the years after, we we're going in hobbling to the playoffs, injured, playing teams that were much better than us. It, it, yes, I get it. But this was a team that was very good playing another very good team. It's just, I mean, 
if my tweet pissed you off and you're in my mentions, that was you're the target audience of my tweet. So that, I do like the idea of it somebody. reached that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they literally were in my mentions. These fans were like, see, see, look, I told you we were going to lose. It's like, congratulations. So you were right about your favorite team losing. <laughs> yeah. Just, you seem so cool. Yeah. That's very cool. That's, that's oh, man. Well, on a similar, but completely also not at all similar note, uh, my <laughs> cup flank of the week is Jeopardy, the game show. Um, yes, earlier this yes. earlier this week, the Wild were actually one of the clues on Jeopardy, which is kind of neat. So yeah, good job. We uh, found that out courtesy of Nordy. Um, and I oh, Nordy, uh, by the way, at the Wild game, Nordy comes strolling by and uh, I turn around, he makes eye contact with me and we shared a good little... Just yeah. a, Tender moment. Yeah, and then uh, Jack, Jack, boss man Jack, goes to get a fist bump, and Nordy turns away. So Jack had to <laughs> some nuts. It was like the Matt Boldy video earlier this year. Oh, that's so funny. That's that was good. dude. It was it was awesome, man. It was very funny. But sorry, <laughs> I heard Nordy, and I'm like, oh, that's right. We haven't had a pod since. I, yeah, it's been a hot minute since we've had a podcast because unfortunately, uh, we do not get paid uh, full time to do this. No. So real life kind of got in the way, unfortunately. Yeah. And but we're back now. And Zooch, what are your stick taps this week? My stick tap, it just goes to the one and the only Jake Ottinger. Otter. Lakeville's own. What a guy. Stud man. He I don't even know what to say about him. What is he third now in a GSAF, I think is the, the term. Second. He's played seven games. Seven. It's ludicrous. Unbelievable. He was unbelievable in that series. The only reason the Stars were in that series was because of him. I'm telling you right now, Stars, uh, they, they got some young players on that team that looked to be pretty solid. That That's a sneaky team next season that I could see, you know, doing a little bit of damage in that uh, central division. So, yeah. I mean, they, they, they look okay. They don't look to be as bad as I thought. I thought they were going to lose them. I yeah, we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm not necessarily as optimistic as you are, but but Jake Ottinger is the real deal. I mean, Robertson's good. Hinsley's I do. Good. I don't know if you yeah, saw this. Got... I don't know if you saw this tweet from uh, from Tony X on Twitter, but uh, regard he had this incredible tweet from the uh, at, right before the Battle of Alberta started, which like game one. What a what Jesus. a game. Um, it's wild. He says, uh, facing Mike Smith after beating Ottinger is like when you beat the Elite yeah. Four in Pokemon and then you're walking around after you finish the game and level six Pokemon won a battle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, yo, I that's got this, the hey, man, that's got the level like 98 Mewtwo and <laughs> level 97 Articuno, but sure, Pidgey, let's go. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, dude. In, in that, that series. I'm confident. I think Calgary wins in four, dude. I, I get it. That first game, they scored a bunch of goals. Mark, Markstrom is not going to be that bad again. And they have zero goaltending on that Edmonton team. And I, I'll, I'm confident in saying that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I picked the be Flames. Ugly. I picked the Flames in seven because I feel like this series is good to give us one, like, what the hell moment. Um, so, Which might have been last night after it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Five the, to one. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, going from down 5-1 to down 6-5. That might have been the what-the-hell moment, but uh, hard to say for sure. And shout-out Calgary fans that were, uh, I guess this goes into my stick tap too, that were trying to curse Jake. Yes, that was incredible. 
I think the fans here at the Saddle Dome realize the only way to beat Jake Ottinger tonight might be voodoo. You got to put the jinx. Dude, they, oh my God. And then they pulled their jerseys over their head and he's skating to the bench and they're doing the, they're doing the little, that was, that was fantastic, dude. Honestly, I was like kind of iffy. I was kind of iffy on who I was going to pull for to come out of the West, but I'm all in on Calgary now because their fans are so funny. That is, dude, it was hilarious. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> the opposing goalie. <laughs> it was so funny. And they just look like little gremlins doing it. Oh, it's, I know. It's so funny. <laughs> so good on you guys. Great that job up awesome. in Calgary, everybody. Going to the other side of Canada, I got to give a special shout out for my stick tap this week to Joe Bowen, who is the uh, Leafs radio guy, oh, who God, had awesome. one of the funniest radio calls I've ever heard in my entire life during game six of uh, of the <laughs> – of the uh Edmund or not Edmonton Toronto and uh Tampa series Tampa had pulled their pulled their goalie lost <laughs> so Tampa had pulled pulled Vasilevsky to try and get a six on five goal and with like eight seconds left uh it became clear that they were not going to so and uh so Toronto uh I forget who it was but somebody just fires the puck down and Vasilevsky skates back onto the ice and stops it <laughs> And out of nowhere, dude, he came like Bowen shot out of a cannon. And here comes the empty net, and where did Vasilevsky come from? Why is he back on the ice? They get it ahead, a shot at the empty net. Where did Vasilevsky come from? Why is he back on the ice? So funny. I, oh my god, I'm. And so this this came out the same day that the Wild lost. So the next day, I must have watched that clip. Conservatively, I think I watched that clip the day after the Wild got eliminated. 80 times dude it is it has to be one of the funnier sports calls of my lifetime i mean we've had some pretty funny not funny in the terms of like laugh out loud funny like that was with paul allen in the you know the the saints game this isn't detroit this is the suit like you know it's hilarious the 2003 this season can't end like this like those are pretty funny this is like a whole this is on this is next level and, and if you watch it with the video like obviously you could it's, it's so funny it, where did vasilevsky come from? this man came out of absolutely nowhere like he was shot out of a cannon yeah he's hauling Fuck, he's i've hauling never ass. seen a goalie move that fast hey man a lot of people say the goalies the goalies are some of the best skaters on it too. oh they for sure are they sure, absolutely like, are and i mean if you want to see just how good vasilevsky is just look at what yes, he's doing he's to such the a Florida stud Panthers. just look at what he's doing to the florida panthers Oh my I mean, we're we're recording this in the middle of Game Two of the Battle of Florida, and Vasilevsky has made by my cat my by my tally four saves that any other goalie probably doesn't make. Maybe maybe Jake Ottinger makes them now, but yeah, it's just it wasn't Vasilevsky. He was there when Bishop was there. Bishop was like the yeah, number- he was he was the one B. He took the job. Yeah, mm-hmm. he took the job. Which yeah, he uh, well he, uh, very good goalie. Tom Brady'd him. Yeah, man, I it, he he has not let up since. A lot of people when that happened, they're like, "Oh, even I, I'm guilty of it." I didn't know much about this cat, and I didn't know anything about him. I was like, "You're getting rid of Bishop for him?" I'm like, "Bishop's been good." Yeah, and, yeah I was wrong, man. That guy is very, very good. Yeah, turns Wal- out. Yeah, so Wallstead is uh similar to him. I know the size. I don't think the size is the same, but I think yeah, the comp the comp um, I keep hearing for Wallstead is uh. Henrik Lundqvist, which like I'll take which, that. Sheesh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think anyone will take that. Yeah. 
Big, big time. Um, so speaking of Wallstead in the future, uh, let's get into kind of the week in review. Obviously, we know that the, the series was over. We were talking about it a little before the show, but I would like to personally, I kind of, I think we all can kind of agree that um, Dean Evison did not put his best foot forward as a coach. Uh, I think oh, the Wild, I think, I don't think it's a particularly hot take to say that the Wild got out coached that series. I think Craig Berube is also a very good coach. So, like, you know, oh, yeah. It's not necessarily saying Dean's a bad coach, but he definitely was the worst coach of, uh, of the two. But um, the players were also not great. I think no. everybody not named Kirill Kaprizov and Jewel Eriksson and I guess to like a lesser extent, like Jonas Brodeen, yeah. I guess. And I don't think he put his best foot forward either. Yeah, but really, really everybody not named Kirill Kaprizov or Jewel Eriksson did not do great. It ranged yeah. from, and I'll, I'll leave the goalies out of this. I think, you know, I said it on Twitter and I've said it before. I think Cam Talbot was set up to fail in game six. So I don't really put it on him. Um, you know, at that point you don't put your, I think that the, our, our pals over the soda pod state of hoppy, I think is the one that said it, said it best where he said that uh, overall the mismanagement of the goalie situation was like quite literally the worst it could have been in this series. How do you and switch I- off goalies? for the entirety of the time you've had these two and you just roll one out for the playoffs after, and you leave, I don't think this is a hot take here. You leave the better of the two goalies on the bench. Right. Should have started game one. It doesn't change a lot. The only thing I think it changes is Talbot has that calm demeanor in net. He's not like flopping like a fish out of water. He's got great rebound control. Man, Great is the word to put it. Better rebound. Slightly better rebound control. And, I don't know, man. And, and it's hard to do that because we won the two of the first three games. So it, it's, yeah. he, we put ourselves in such a shitty position after you lose game one. I don't know how you don't go to tell the game. Oh, I disagree there. I actually, oh, I, I think, I think cam should have started game one. Yes, 100%. I, I, I don't think anybody's going to really do. I think everybody's going to, you know, hindsight, whatever. But I said at the time, yes. I think cam should have started. We, game we one. both said it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't, <laughs> I also think just kind of we kind of saw it to an extent with Goligoski getting an extension, even though we now had Jacob Middleton as an RFA is like what could have been a replacement uh, for him. I think, and I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that when, when the wild traded for flurry, there was an under the table handshake agreement that this meant that he would be our playoff goalie. I don't, I don't know that I'm just kind of guessing because we know that Billy G or well, we don't officially know, but we kind of know that Billy G is fine with doing those kind of under the table side agreements uh, that are not necessarily like in the contract. So I think that's why flurry started one. I think the way that game one went, it definitely was not on flurry. It absolutely was not. And I, I agreed with the decision to stick with flurry for game two. And then he was much better in two. And, um, and then, you know, obviously you don't pull him after a loss. And then three makes sense, sure. Four, I thought was, I didn't, I also don't think was Fleury's fault. I think the defense just once again didn't know. We had an own goal and Matt Dumba forgot how to play hockey. Yeah, and I think you take away seven. that, it takes away a lot of momentum. But it's not, it's not on, it's not on Fleury. Oh, that was a um, winnable game, game four. 
It was. I, I think it absolutely the Wild was. squandered that opportunity to win that game. They were in a tightly contested game. It was one to one. We score an own goal. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dumba, I, I don't. I, he fans on a cycle to Brodine. Okay. Yeah, which like never happens. Never happens. And then he makes a great recovery and gets the guy in the slot that gets the puck and just fans on a hit, misses the puck, and they score. Yeah. And right there, they score or the wild score early in the third. And then Dean Everson has one of the worst goalie pulls I've seen in some fucking time. That yeah, that was that's tough. Tough. You have your third line out there. You just why was your first line on the ice with three minutes to go? If you you oh my god, man, that Dean Everson was thoroughly coach in the series. And in and, and the comment after game, I believe it was four or maybe three, we're just going to let him roll. We're just going to let him I think line. it was five. We're not going to match up. What do you mean you're not going to match he up? Said, he said he doesn't believe in matchups for the last two years. Oh, and I think, I think I just, he got away with it last year because the guys stepped up. But I think this year showed that like you have home ice advantage. Use it. Use it. Yeah, exactly. Oh my like, God. The Blues used it. They, yeah, they sure did. They weren't putting out the the Peron, Thomas, Bushnevich, the their top two lines basically against the grief line. It was happening. You know yeah, what? I was gonna say the number of times you saw, the number of times you saw Good Jordan Cairo line up against Greenway, I think maybe twice the whole series. It yeah, uh, listen. yeah that was one of the biggest was, disappointments of the series. It was was, was and, the, the coaching just wasn't there, man. It it wasn't there. But like on the same Nothing front, else. on the same front, outside of the two players I already mentioned and to a lesser no extent, the goalies. Yeah. And I I will even say this. I think that there was a handful of guys that didn't play poorly and like, we'll call them like net neutrals. Right. And I think those guys are Jost, Boldy, even though Matt Dumbo was terrible in that one game, I think overall in the series, he was more good than bad. Although I definitely wouldn't say that he had a good series. I would say those guys and Brodine. Are, I don't think Zuccarello played bad either. Eh, he was, he was, he was getting pushed around. He couldn't win a puck battle to save his life. It, it was, it was weird to see. I thought him and Hart. I think were, he was playing injured. I don't think people are taking into account. There, everyone's talking about Matt Dumble playing injured. Uh, Zuccarello was out for the final three games and just magically is like, "Yep, we're good, good to go." Game yeah. one. Playoffs. I, I, no, I, I agree. Something. And that's and we talked about this at softball last night. Um, can the Wild just for one season go into a playoff series just healthy? Maybe maybe you're going to deal with injuries. Maybe have our top players not get injured with a week to go in the season. It happens every time. Every time. Yeah, I mean, very frustrating. I, yeah, I mean, I like. I still think Zook was okay in the series. He, I, he was pushed around. He scored a big goal in game three. I think three, it was. I think. He had a couple assists. Um, might, the, actually, it might have been two where like they scored those two goals real quick, and then I think Zook got the fifth goal. No, that was Cap because Caprizo got the Hattie. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because I think Zook scored the, the goal to make. You are right, though. He The, the Blues scored, and we scored again to make it, I think, 3-1 or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right. I think that's So, right. I mean, he's really great. No, but they're – oh, my goodness – there was a play in the game five, I believe, where Kaprizov, or maybe it was game six, literally fed him in the slot without even looking, man. He just went between the legs, two defensemen around him, and it was a fucking perfect pass right on the tape. Yeah. Capitalized. 
Uh, uh, I think that was in five. Yeah, it was a struggle. They they yeah. came on five, which was so strange to see for this team all year. They were great five on five. Well, that's the thing is they were honestly in four of the six games. I thought they were the better five on five team. Yeah, they were definitely the better five on five team in game one, and then the two wins, and then to a lesser extent, game was four or five the one that we got our doors blown off game well i don't say we got our doors blown off really in any of them but we absolutely got our doors blown off in six that was embarrassing yeah Yeah, that was yeah yeah i would say six but there was a different game where we got beat pretty thoroughly and i just i don't remember it was four or five i think it was four but i'm not positive well, four. We the only reason it looked so bad is because it they scored an empty netter, and then we gave him a power play and let him score in the final minute. Yeah, same with six. Six six had a, I think an empty netter too that was made it look worse than it was, but it was still pretty. That bad. empty netter, man, in game. I'm so disappointed about game four. I, you're pulling the goalie. I get the goalie pull. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I, it's just bad timing. You do it with he, your. You have your third line out there. You're the grief line is not a scoring line, man. I'm sorry, you're not a. Well, score. The fact that you're pulling the goalie, yeah, that's your shutdown line. And yes, do they play offense? Yes, they they have decent. It, I, see, I wasn't even that. It was like if they had waited like five more seconds to pull Flurry in that in that time, because then because they, they had just entered the zone, they hadn't really established possession. The Blues hadn't crunched down to the slot. If they had waited like five more seconds to pull Flurry. I think that they either wouldn't have or they would have waited until they can establish control and then they can send out when Flurry gets, you know, Flurry gets to the bench, they can send out like Kaprizov or Zuccarello or whoever. See, my thought process there was I think who I think it was Greenway that dumped it in. I think so, yeah. I'd like to see a shot on the net there and maybe get a whistle. And then you take a timeout and then you run out your Fiala, Kaprizov, Zuccarello. You run out your scorers. Yeah. You I don't understand the the third line being out there with a minute 50 left in a game. You're down one in a game. You've been having chances to come back in. I, I just, I just don't get it. I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's tough. And it's, it's really frustrating too, because like we said, when this team has come back over and over and over again, all season long, and then they just, couldn't do it. I don't know. You just, yeah, yeah they, they just, just couldn't, couldn't do it. They couldn't do it in the playoffs. And like, that sucks. It does. And yeah. I mean, but like, think about it too. Like everybody kind of, I, I don't know if everybody agrees, but I think it's not, it's not a particularly uncommon opinion to say that the wild were the better team in game one, even if it was an incredibly lopsided score. I think the special teams were atrocious and they were horrible all year. So like that needs to get fixed. And I don't know how you fix that, but like that needs to absolutely get addressed. Uh, I think Russo said on his podcast that like they just never practiced and holy shit, if that's the case, then like uh, I figured out how to make it better. They were like question marks going around about, I mean, the coaching style Dino had, I mean, yes, he's a fiery guy. He gets those guys going, but if you're not practicing special teams, what are you doing, man? How are you? And and they're not good. I'm good. It's taking everything in me to not, you know, overreact and be the, you know, the spicy take guy or whatever. It, it, if, if we get to the postseason next year and have kind of a similar fizzle, regardless of what happens in the regular season, I know that Dean just signed a three-year extension, have two years left at that point in time. It, it it's going to be real hard for me to come back if the Wild, even if they like, even if they lose in the first round next year, 
I, I don't necessarily think that's an indictment on Dean, but if it is they lose in the first round and it's anything like it was this series, then I think you have to have a long and, and difficult conversation about you know the future of the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had spicy takes when he – I know it's the bubble and who gives a shit it happened, whatever, long time. He ran on his fourth line in the first shift of overtime against the Canucks in the bubble. And yeah, and and thirteen seconds later, Bo Horvat, bitch. I think it was Tanev. I thought it was a defenseman just shot it on net, which that really pissed me off. Actually, you know what? I think it was Tanev. I just remember you leave he- that sour taste in our mouth about Miko Koivu's last game as a Wild member, and you send him out on a fourth line with Nico fucking Sturm, and I don't even remember who the other guy was. And they get scored on the first 10 seconds. Why is your, what, <laughs> what's going on? I just, I never understood that. And yeah. I could not tell you how little I care about that. And looking back at it now, yeah, okay, the bubble who gives it the Dallas stars made a run to the cup. Jesus. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was a tough scene for sure. So like, you know, basically what I'm saying is I don't want to overreact. No, just yet. I do want to, you know, get a cup clink for, uh, from from you and try and be a rational fan because as frustrating as that was, oh yeah, still you have to kind of take you can't just take it in a vacuum or whatever. But it is it the is Blues have been there too. That's that's something that's not talked about. The Blues have been here, yeah, been to a cup. A lot of those guys were on the team when they made a run to the cup and won the cup. Um, this team knows how to win, and and that's what it showed throughout the series. They just kind of got it done in the wire. The Wild couldn't. I mean, yeah. And um, on that note. We are going to have a lot of more. I have a lot more stuff coming to you in uh, in the the near future. We're going to do a full episode next week with uh, what the hell the wild are going to do with Kevin Fiala. So stick around uh, for sure. And yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be a, it's it's tough, but uh, we we wanted to keep this uh, this week's episode to mostly just highlighting what uh, you know, recapping the majority of the series. I do think that this is going to be a very, very, very interesting off season. Oh yeah. And we are going to be covering both the rest of the NHL playoffs, as well as the wilds off season here on the wild takes podcast. So before we get out of here, we're going to end the show the same way we end every show by giving our wild takes. Zooch, what is your wild take? Uh, Timberwolves playoff series loss was more disappointing to me than the wild. I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, it might it might sound stupid, but it's not. The, the Timberwolves literally were the better team in their series for most of that series. They just couldn't finish any games. I mean, they that realistically they had a thirteen point lead, fifteen point lead, twenty five point lead. Yeah, the, it's tough when you blow the games. Yeah, you blow three th- three three huge double digit leads in the fourth quarter, and you and lose I the think, series. I think you're the first team ever to blow more than two. Yeah, in a series. So yeah, that's tough. I, I'm I'm not saying I'm just saying. I mean, there, there's one thing to look at, Wild fans. At least they didn't. Uh, <laughs> at least they didn't blow leads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's going to be a lot to see in uh, in this summer in Minnesota sports. That's for that's for damn sure. Now, my wild take is a little weird, a little different. My wild take is that whatever winds up happening with Kevin Fiala, which again we will touch more on next week's show, the Wild are going to come out ahead. It. Sounds a little weird, but, you know, it's difficult to say, like, oh, we're going to trade this 85-point player and, and somehow come out ahead. But 
I think if you look at everything, Kevin Vial is a very, very, very good hockey player. That's not going to change. But where his game really, really stepped up this year was when he was started playing with Matt Boldy. And I'm not saying that Matt Boldy is the only reason Kevin Viala had a good year because that's just not true. What I am saying is that we put Kevin Viala in the best possible scenario for him. And because of that, I think that wherever he winds up, he is going to do you know pretty well, but he's not going to be the same player that we saw the last, you know, 30, 40 games of the season this year. And full disclosure, I recorded this afterwards because we had a scheduling snafu, so Zooch doesn't get a chance to respond to this until next week. So, hooray! As always, thank you for listening to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Go give us a follow on social media at WildTakes10K and make sure to follow the rest of 10K stuff as well. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. That's a win-win for you. And remember, contrary to what the Wild put out in their series against the Blues, it's not just about working hard and having fun. It's about fucking winning. Stay safe out there, folks. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Ha, 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 ha.